We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ivy Nation, welcome to the Irish Breakdown Podcast. I was waiting for my thing to unmute because it usually does it by itself, but it decided not to for some reason now. But Ryan Roberts, Brian Driscoll here now to turn the page on the Notre Dame season to the biggest test so far. Saturday, noon Eastern, Notre Dame will be facing off against NC State Wolfpack after having back-to-back big victories, 42-3 over Navy and 56-3 this past weekend over Tennessee State. But as we turn the page, we understand that the season really starts week three for Notre Dame this year. This is the biggest test that they will have. Well, week two, technically, week three for Notre Dame. Well, you know, all that context, right? But we know that NC State is one of those teams that ACC team, Power Five team, they are have been typically a pretty tough and physical football team at worst over the last couple of years. They've had a couple of years where they were a very good football team. So we expect them to be a massive challenge for Notre Dame. This one is going to be one that is fascinating because, yes, it's the first test. But we also – and, Brian, I think it's really interesting because I really want to start us off here as we break down everything you need to know about this game for Notre Dame, NC State. We'll also have the mailbag at the end. So if you want to throw mailbag questions in the chat at any time, MB before the question so we can distinguish what is a mailbag question and what is just general chatter going on in the chat. We very much appreciate it. I think it's really interesting, though, Brian, because – It's awesome. Right now, Notre Dame is outscoring their first two opponents, 98 to 6. It's cool. It's awesome. They're averaging 49 points a game. They're averaging over 500 offensive yards a game. They're only letting up like 2.7 yards per carry. On paper, it's awesome. But as we know, Notre Dame is never going to be judged based upon what they do against Navy and what they do against Tennessee State. Nor should they. Nor nor should they. North Carolina State is the first big test, and this is going to be one where we find out a lot about this Notre Dame team. What exactly is this 2023 version? Are they a legitimate championship contender? Are they a team that still is a little bit of a transition second year to Marcus Freeman? Or is it somewhere in between? There's a lot of realities that can come from this, but this week I think is going to tell us a lot about what this team actually is in Notre Dame. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Football season is upon us, which means my schedule is ramping up even more than normal. And it makes it a lot harder to spend as much time cooking and preparing meals as I want and need. And eating healthy can be especially challenging. That's why I'm looking forward to getting ramped up with Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, which can help me fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to my door. With Factor, you can skip the extra trip to the grocery store and save a lot of time on food prep, but you don't have to miss out on the flavor. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready to go in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy, and then we can get back to work. And you can choose from over 34 weekly flavor-packed, fresh, never-frozen meals. You can level up and get Gourmet Plus options and treat yourself to upscale meals with premium ingredients like broccolini, leeks, truffle butter, and asparagus. There are also lunch-to-go options and Protein Plus meals with 30 grams of protein or more per serving. And you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of over 45 add-ons, including breakfast items like the delicious apple cinnamon pancakes, bacon and cheddar egg bites, and more. You can also try refreshing beverage options like cold-pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies. This September, get factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. And they have a great deal for Irish Breakdown listeners. Head to factor.com slash irish50 and use code irish50 to get 50% off. That's code irish50 at factormeals.com forward slash irish50 to get 50% off. Try it and enjoy. NC State's a very intriguing team to me, Ryan, because I, when I look at their last their team last season, like I often wonder, what would they have been if Devin Leary never gets hurt? Now, now look, Devin Leary wasn't playing great before he got hurt, but he gave them a level of competence that honestly they didn't have at times late in the year last year. I mean, if you look at at one point in time, NC State was ranked in the top 25. I mean, in November, you know, they were they were ranked high in November. If I if I remember, I'm gonna actually kind of pull up the rankings now. Well, they, Ryan, they had they, super high expectations going into the yeah. year last year. They were, they were like a top 20 team that was they climbed all the way up. Yeah, they climbed all the way up to number 16. In, in uh, the week 11 poll, they were ahead of Notre Dame, who was at the time six and three. And and then obviously the wheels fell off a little bit at the end of the season where they lost three of their last four. But when I when I looked at this, that team last year, Ryan, and, and you look at that eight and five, I think it's a little misleading. I mean, you had that really bad home loss against Boston College, which came a week after you beat Wake Forest at home. They had a tough road loss against Louisville, but then they bounced back in the end of the season and had that crazy finish against North Carolina and, and beat North Carolina. 
last season. And then, of course, lost a bowl game where, I mean, they were down to third, fourth quarterback at times last season in really just an anemic offense when you look at it. So when you kind of transition into this season, you know, we don't really know who NC State is, but at the very least, we know certain things about them and we know this is going to be a ramped up test for Notre Dame. And so if Notre Dame is going to come out on top, it's going to be a much harder earned victory than the first two weeks, as you mentioned, Ryan, where Notre Dame just overwhelmed two inferior opponents. And that's no disrespect to those teams. That's just the reality of it. Notre Dame kind of got their building building block games out of the way. Now it's time to say, hey, who who really are you? Because, I mean, look, right now what we've seen from Notre Dame, it's been very impressive, right? I mean, through two games, again, I, I don't care who you're playing, these numbers are impressive. Notre Dame is averaging 500 and a half yards per game and 8.3 yards per play through two good. games. They're <laughs> yeah. only giving up 162.5 yards per game and 2.9 yards per play so far. Neither one of their opponents have even gotten to 170 yards of total offense in their first two games. Right? That that just that just doesn't happen, right? I mean, it just you just don't see that. I'm looking back and in past seasons and the last time I, I'm at 2019, the last time Notre Dame went through an entire season where two opponents were under 200 yards for an entire season was all the way back in 2019. And that blowout wins over Duke and, and Boston College. So it's just not something that, you know, in the 2018 team where they made the college football playoff, none of their opponents were held under 200 yards of offense. It's crazy. You know, so so th- that's just that's a dominant performance. The 2017 season, none of their opponents were held under 200 yards of offense. And 2012, as great as Notre Dame was in 2012, and they played some weak teams that year, a couple weak teams that year. The lowest yard total that they allowed that season was 209 to Wake Forest. Yep. Right. So it, they did what they needed to do. They were impressively dominant. Now things ramp up a little bit, and we're going to learn a lot about Notre Dame in all three phases of the game. You know, as far as Marcus Freeman's ability to get his team ready to go play on the road. One interesting thing I felt about Notre Dame last year, Ryan, and, and, and even this includes the loss to Ohio State, because I, I felt in the loss to Ohio State, I never felt Notre Dame wasn't mentally and emotionally ready to play that game. They just didn't execute and they got beat by a better team. Sure. Right? That's just simply what it was. They went on the road and, and smacked North Carolina on the road. They played BYU in a neutral field game and, and dominated in a way that I think doesn't reflect in the 28 to 20 score. Went on the road and smacked Syracuse around. Started great against Navy, faltered late, but started great against Navy. And then, you know, played USC a lot tougher than maybe some people thought. And then beat South Carolina in a bowl game away from home. Notre Dame was actually pretty good away from home last season. And for whatever reason, Coach Freeman was able to kind of rally his team together when they had to go away from home. And then, we, of course, we saw the opener against Navy in Ireland, and Notre Dame was dominant in that performance. Does that continue in year two? Was Was the dominance on the road last year a reflection of, the sense of urgency they had because they had started 0-2, that they kind of – it heightened that urgency where this year going into your first road test, you're feeling pretty good about yourselves. You know, where last year your first road test, you obviously lose to Ohio State, but then your first ACC road test at North Carolina, you, you know, you're, you're kind of like, hey, guys, we're in emergency mode. We're 1-2. and two. We barely beat Cal last week. We, we got to get things going. There was a sense of urgency with that team. Will this team, who's outscored their opponents 98-6, to six, have that sense? And this is one of the questions that we we you and I talked about this offseason, Ryan, is we know this Notre Dame football team can handle adversity. We saw it last year under Marcus Freeman. We saw it at times under Brian Kelly. Can this team handle success? Can sure. you go out and win 98-6 to six and absolutely dominate your first two opponents and then say, 
but that doesn't mean it. I mean, do they have the same attitude that, that we have of, hey, that's great and everything, but nobody cares about that. Nobody cares that you beat Tennessee State 56-3. to Nobody yep. cares that you beat NC State 42-3. to This is now when you're going to start to be judged. Do they still have that same hunger? Do they still have that same focus? Do they still have that sense of urgency? Where, hey, guys, we got to go out there and handle our business because this is what's in front of us. That's a big question mark, and we, we don't know the answer to it because every team is different. But sure. this is one of those weeks, Ryan, where, again, you learn something about the character of your football team. I mean, the execution stuff, that'll that'll be part of the conversation over the next – over today and the next couple of days as we get into different parts of shows. But w- first thing to talk about in games like this is who are you? What's the soul of your football team? Yep. Because here's the reality, Ryan, and whether it's this game or down the road, I don't care how good – if Notre Dame goes 14-0 and this year and wins a national title, I can, I can make you one promise. There's going to be at least three games this year that is an absolute dogfight including at least one against a team that everybody thinks they should beat. And I was talking with a buddy about this last night. He was like, you know, they should win at least by 17 points. And I'm like, first of all, just saying they have to win by at least 17 points against this good NC State team is like, you don't, you're not giving NC State enough respect, in my opinion, number one. Number two, let's not act like this isn't a normal thing in college football where you're going to struggle at times. I mean, I talked to him about, you know, 2019 LSU, as great as that team was. They were in an absolute dogfight with a Texas team that went, what, like 8-5 and five that year, Ryan? Had some yeah. bad losses that year. They were in a dogfight where their offense only scored 23 points against Auburn, who was good but not a great team that year, right? So you're going to get into those matchups. What kind of character do you have as a football team when your offense isn't rolling early? Your yeah. defense isn't making stops early. You're, you're not able to, to do those things. What if you fall behind on the road against this NC State team? right? There's all those questions that that we're going to get a- answered about this team this weekend, Ryan, that I hope we get answered affirmatively, but they're going to define in a large way who this team is. And it's not so much the outcome is going to define this team, but it's how they go about their business. Are they, are they, do they play with fire? Do they play with passion? Do they play with physicality? Are they locked in and all those type of things? You can always, it's still September 5th, right? This game will be played what? On September 9th? Yep. Still very early in the season. If there are aspects that need to get cleaned up at the end of that game, defensively, offensively, run game-wise, special teams-wise, as long as you get the W, I can live with that. But what kind of physicality what we'll see, what we see, what kind of passion will we see, Ryan? Those are the things that we want to we want to find out because as this week one showed us, Ryan, it's just one week. But and this is a little bit of confirmation bias for us. But we felt that this was going to be a wild season a really wild season that was there for the taking for a team like Notre Dame, a team like Florida State, you know, teams like that that maybe have been on the outside in recent years that are looking to kind of take down the big boys. Look, there there was a bit of a a changing of the guard this weekend, in my opinion, to some degree, right? Florida State comes out and looks like a million bucks, and then Clemson comes out and gets embarrassed on national TV 28-7. to I mean, obviously the game was a lot more competitive than 28-7, but they played bad football. There was a changing of the guard in the ACC. You know, does this mean Clemson's time as a powerhouse is over? Right? It, LSU, who everybody talks about, oh, they're a playoff contender and all this other kind of stuff. They go out there and get smacked in the mouth in week one. Ohio State looks mortal, right? Or they look, they you know, they they look like, hey, you know, this team is beatable. Now, I will tell you that Ohio State's going to be a whole lot better in Game Five for Notre Dame than they will in Week One. But sure. the point is, they looked human to you know in yep. the Big Ten. It, it, it's there for the taking, right? And, and these are the kind of games where you get your character tested and we start to learn, are you going to be a team capable of seizing that? 
And that's that's real because that's what's at stake for Notre Dame this weekend, Ryan, is is there was a lot of shakeups, but nobody's talking about Notre Dame right now. Notre Dame no. fans are like, why are we getting no coverage? Why? Because you beat Navy and Tennessee State. That's why. That's why yeah. nobody's talking about how Oregon beat Portland State. They showed highlights, but no one's talking about, oh, my God. Did you see how phenomenal Oregon looked this weekend? They won 81-7. to Played Portland State. Nobody cares. These are the games you start to get measured by. And, yeah. and there, this is going to be a top four or five game on the weekend. For, for, for football analysts and fans and voters and all that, Ryan. And you get a chance to make your first true statement of the 2023 season. Man, the shade that's being thrown at Portland State, the, all the Viking fan out the there. Saying, just just the saying. Head, Give I'm just respect. saying. I'm just saying. You're no good. You're absolutely, you're absolutely right, though, because I also <laughs> think that this game is going to be under a microscope nationally mm-hmm. a little bit, too, because – North Carolina State, I think people had, you know, decent expectations for him coming into the year. I mean, we're going to talk about, you know, obviously a offensive coordinator change that happened this offseason. They bring back a great defensive coordinator. I mean, there are some good coaches, obviously, that are coaching at NC State, and there's some talent there, which we'll get into, obviously, during the show. But the reason that this is one game is kind of highlighted for me from a Notre Dame perspective is it is sandwiched in between two of the worst opponents that you're going to play all season. You're going to play Tennessee State, and then you're going to play Central Michigan a week from now. There's no, I don't think there's any like detractors from this game from Notre Dame, right? It's not like you play Ohio State next week. It's not like you play USC next week. You are know that this is your toughest opponent for over the next couple weeks until you get to that Ohio State game. So that game is magnified. Also, it's a, I forget what the stat exactly is, but like, hasn't Notre Dame won like 27 straight ACC Re- regular, regular season, season games? Like, yeah, regular yeah, season. So, it's like, tw- I think it's up to 28 now. Yeah. Uh, I believe, so, yeah. so Notre Dame also has a chance to kind of show like, hey, man. We're yeah. not technically a part of the ACC, but like there's an allegiance there, and we're dominating this landscape right now as well, which is kind of interesting to think about. It's 28 in a row, and it goes back to 2017 as the last time they lost an ACC game. They lost to uh, Miami in 2017. The the two ACC losses they've had since then came in the college football playoff to Clemson in 2018, and then the ACC title game in 2020 against Clemson. Yep. But they're 28 and two since the beginning of the 2018 season. Well, a couple things have happened this weekend, Ryan. Number one, the ACC kind of woke some people up this weekend. We talked about this last week. I talked about it on my show. You and I talked about it in our prediction show. The ACC has an opportunity the first couple weeks to make a statement nationally. They they made a huge one this weekend and started Saturday night when North Carolina thumped South Carolina pretty good. Like North Carolina missed some opportunities to make that 14-point win an even more convincing win. Their defense looked good. Uh, their offense didn't even look great. Honestly, Ryan, they won that game and their offense wasn't super, super sharp and they won by 14 points. I mean, it, it, was, it wasn't that long ago, a.k.a. last year, where North Carolina can't win a game if they only score 31 points. They can't. And they scored 31 points on Saturday and won by 14. Florida State does what they did to LSU on national TV with everybody watching. I think I read somewhere where like it peaked at over 10 million viewers on Sunday night. ACC has announced itself. This is also, I would argue, the toughest ACC schedule Notre Dame has faced in a long time when you look at who they play with Louisville on the road, Duke on the road, uh, NC State obviously on the road. You've got Clemson on the road. The only ACC teams you play this year at home are Pitt and Wake Forest. You're two and four when it comes to home versus road against ACC teams this year. That's going to be a tough slate, and you've got outside of Florida State, in North Carolina, you've gotten most of the best teams in the ACC based on what perception is going to be and who was good last year. So the statement you're going to make beating the ACC this year, Ryan, is going to be even stronger if you can do it. 
right? Because the ACC has heard all that noise that Notre Dame fans and other people have said about how much they've dominated the league. And they have. I've tweeted about it. They have dominated. It's okay to say that. There's nothing wrong with saying that. But that's why Notre Dame needs the ACC to be good again. And now all of a sudden you start dominating the ACC. And if you're able to run the table against the ACC, now all of a sudden that statement says a little something different. And this is your first shot at that. Because right now people are feeling really good about the ACC based on what they did in week one. Feeling really good about it. And and now you get a chance to kind of say, okay, now let's let's make some noise against this conference. Because you have six games against the ACC this year, as I mentioned. North Carolina State, Duke, Louisville, Clemson. Pitt and Wake Forest, right? All ACC teams. So you're going to have your in, your opportunity to say, "Hey, look, yeah, the ACC is a lot better, but we still we still run this thing." And this is your first shot. Now you lose this game, Ryan. Then all of a sudden, you're now in basically single elimination mode the rest of the year. That's not a great place to be, in my opinion. When you've still got what they have coming up. On this guy, you still have Ohio State, you still have Duke, you still have Louisville, you still have USC, you still have Clemson on the road, you still have Pitt, you still have, you know, Wake. You don't want to put yourself in single elimination mode if you want to be a playoff team this early in the season. So there's a lot at stake for Notre Dame this weekend against a quality opponent that went eight and five last year, went to a bowl game. You know, Dave Dorn is, you know, he he's done some good things, in, in my opinion, Ryan, you know, at NC State, and, and he hasn't been able to kind of take them over the hump. We'll find out if this is the year for him to be able to do that, you know. But this has been a consistently good football team in the last, uh, see, three, six seasons. NC State has won at least eight games in all but one year. It was twenty nineteen, and they've won nine games three times in that stretch. This is a good football team. Yep. Notre Dame's going to have to be ready to play them. And and you know, as we kind of talk about what we want to see from this football team, Ryan, the it's a confidence builder or not, as we mentioned. But the other part of it is. We're going to learn a lot more about Jared Parker this weekend than we have at any point in time the first two weeks. I mean, they they I like what I've seen so far from the Nareem offense. But it's like, okay, but is that stuff working because that opponent is just that bad? Or are you really scheming some stuff up, right? I feel good about what we've seen. But if to do it against Tony Gibson's defense is a whole different animal. So I'm really curious what we're going to learn about the Notre Dame offensive coaching staff and Jared Parker this weekend, Ryan. It's going to tell us a lot on the road, noon game, potentially some rain against a really well-coached, aggressive defense, which we'll break down a little bit later. That, to me, is going to be my biggest takeaway is who is this offense really? Who Who is it really? I don't know that we necessarily – it's better, but how much better? We start to learn that this weekend, Ryan. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. If you're looking for last-minute tickets to this weekend's big matchup between Notre Dame and NC State, Game Time is the place for you. They take the stress out of buying tickets. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event, 
Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The Game Time Guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code IRISH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code IRISH for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. That's gametime.co. Yeah, I mean, scoring 42 points against Navy and then 56 against Tennessee State. Obviously, that's not a that's not a resume that's going to ignite the fear into the hearts of the best teams in college football. Like, they're just not going to do it. I mean, I agree. I think that when you look at the Navy game, for instance, I thought that the game plan was phenomenal. I thought that they mixed things up. I thought that they were very diverse with how they attacked Navy a team that was also very good coming into the year at stopping the run. I thought that Notre Dame understood that, but they were still not afraid of it, obviously. So they schemed up a way to take advantage of what they could take advantage and then wear that team down. So there was a great first test as far as using your, your, using your game plan to really manipulate what they do, what they don't do well. And to take advantage of that to get things rolling. But then Tennessee state, Brian, like honestly, I mean, full transparency, you throw that one out the window at this point yeah. for me, right? Because it's like, awesome. You drop 56. 56 is great against whoever you play. I mean, I think you said that earlier in the podcast. It's fantastic. Sure. But ultimately, we talked about it the, going into the game of like, there was a reality where Notre Dame could have won 56 or 63 to three and not really play that good of a football game. Like, it just wasn't that big of a test. Notre Dame, Jared Parker is ultimately going to be graded this year based upon what they do against the best teams on their schedule. And this situation, I think that you can make a very good argument that Tony Gibson is the best defensive coordinator on the schedule for Notre Dame this season, so, right? Um, I got to yeah. say, I got to interrupt you. Did you see me over here looking up, kind of starting to count yeah. my fingers? Make it a little bit. That's yeah. what I was doing. I was like, who yeah. could potentially be considered? So I was like, okay, Jim Knowles, does Mike Elko count, right? Because, you know, he's still got his hand on the defense. And I'm like, I'm kind of going through the schedule and I'm thinking to myself, I think Tony Gibson might be the best D coordinator on their schedule. It's to me, it's him and Jim Knowles is really what it comes down to. Unless you want to count Mike Elko, who's the head coach at Duke. I mean, he has a D coordinator, Tyler Santucci. So it's funny you brought that up, Ryan, because that's literally why I was making that face. And I was like, looking, I'm like counting, like, okay. But I mean, you're absolutely correct. This is, this is going to be one of the best coach defenses that you're going to play all season. Yes, it is. And we'll, we'll dive into some numbers here in a little bit and show you examples. But I think that's a great point that if you can look good this weekend, yep. and, and I know to some note, here's the thing, Ryan, and I want you to respond to this. Here's the yep. problem, though. A lot of Notre Dame fans look at NC State and all they see is NC State. They they look at the name on the jersey. They look, it's not a powerhouse program. It's not Ohio State. It's not this. It's not that. It's not Clemson. It's not USC. What I'm telling you right now especially based on what we saw last night from Clemson, this is going to be one of the could, – could be one of the two or three best defenses that you face all year because it's not like Tony Gibson is this defensive wizard 
and he's trotting out a bunch of dudes that I wouldn't have recruited to Duquesne, but he's making magic with them because he's such a great coach. Right, right. Ryan, you, you do NFL draft stuff. There's some draft guys that are going to get drafted in the next few years on this defense on all three levels. Draft. Yeah. What's that? I said in, in the 2024 NFL draft, yeah. too. Not, you don't even have to go yeah. future. Like, there's several yeah. guys. Like, I would say, and I know we'll get into the exact names, but like Peyton Wilson's a great example, right? Peyton Wilson was a top 50 national recruit. Notre Dame had literally offered Peyton Wilson coming out of high school, you know? Like, they it's liked like him. he's just some scrub, right? Like, they'd offered him. D- Davin Van, I know, is a player that Notre Dame had also offered coming out of high school. Like, there's guys on this team that Notre Dame had interest in as high school recruits. So, yes, there is talent. And the talent's really well coached. Right. I mean, literally, there's probably two to three guys on the defensive line that I would say are NFL players. There's at least one linebacker. Both corners will play in the NFL in some capacity. Like, there's NFL talent on each and every level. You're absolutely correct. And to your point, they're coached well. That's yeah. the thing. They're coached well, and that's the that's the that's what presents itself. Because we kind of nailed the prediction for NC State UConn last week, right? It's going to be a tough grind early. Because UConn is a really good defensive football team. But yep. at the end of the day, the talent at NC State would win in the end. And that's exactly what happened. This is a, you take away one long run, UConn after the first series didn't do a whole lot. And, and we'll get into that. But yeah, Brian, we are, you're flat out right. If Notre Dame's offensive staff can go out this week and scheme up and prepare and get this offense to have the, some success. And again, they don't need to go out there and score 49 points like their current averages. That's not should not be the expectation. If they do, I'll tell you right now, if they get anywhere close to 40 plus in this game, then start feeling really good about yourselves, Notre Dame fans, because that would be an impressive performance. I mentioned this the other day. You know, somebody was a buddy of mine was like, yeah, you should at least get 40 some points. And I'm like, I got a lot of friends who just do not respect Wake Forest. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, excuse me, NC State. And the point that I made was, you know, last couple of years, they've only done that one time. They've only given yeah. up 40 points one time. They don't even give up 30 a whole lot, you know, as we'll dive into. So really big test for Jared Parker. And, and the, the same is true on the other side of the ball. This is going to be the first test for the Notre Dame secondary. Now, you and I were talking before the show, Ryan. This isn't a great Penn, NC State pass game like or a pass attack from a personnel standpoint. There's some okay players. They didn't look great in the opener, but it was the opener. I don't really – put too much in it. There's some solid players over there, but they are going to be significantly better than what they faced in the first two games. And number two, you've got a very mobile quarterback. And number three is this is a really good system. And again, we'll dive into all that. So we're going to see the secondary be tested a lot more than they have so far too. So there's a lot of things we're going to learn a little something. Now, uh, now, do you shut down the NC State receivers? Does that mean you're going to shut down Marvin Harrison and Mecca Buka? Not saying that. That's not it. It's just looking backwards to what they faced. This is also going to be the toughest test that they're going to face defensively. And and I have some questions about who Al Golden is wanting to be with this defense after last week, right? Because the first game, you can't learn anything about that from a schematic standpoint because you're playing a triple option. Who is this team going to be? How quickly can Al Golden make in-season adjustments? I think that everybody talks about halftime adjustments, and, and those are important. I, I think sometimes maybe a little bit too much is put on halftime adjustments, right? Like they're important, but they're not like, oh, my gosh, you had a terrible game plan. In the second half, you have this wonderful game plan. You make some little adjustments. Sometimes guys just execute better or whatever. I think the biggest thing for coaches, Ryan, is in-season adjustments. Knowing who your team is and being able to adjust on the fly, saying, hey, I thought we were going to do this but we need yeah. to do this because we're better here than I thought. We're not as good as here as I thought, whatever the case may be. 
and we're going to learn something. Because as I said last night, Ryan, I didn't love the defensive game plan. I, I just, you know, the, the whole you're so linebacker driven that you don't take advantage of the weapons you have up front. Was that a Tennessee State thing? Is that who they want to be? That's something else we're going to learn a little bit about this football team is we get another example to see them against a more traditional offense. And and I would argue this, Ryan, you said Tony Gibson might be the best defensive coordinator that they're going to face. I'm putting Robert and I in my top three of offensive coordinators that Notre Dame is going to face. Obviously, Lincoln Riley is at the top. Yep. You know, I'm putting Warren um, Rogerio in this yep. conversation, right? Jeff Brahms in this conversation and Robert and I's in this conversation when it comes to offensive minds, you know, Ryan day is a head coach if you know, he's still calling plays. So I'm definitely put him in the top five, no doubt about it. And I think you could make a case when you look at what he's done with inferior talent at BYU. I, it's hard to say inferior talent at Virginia. Cause he had pretty good talent actually at Virginia, but inferior talent last year at Syracuse. Cause outside of a Rondé Gadsden, they didn't have a whole lot of like pass game weapons that scare you. And they had a quarterback that barely passed for a thousand yards the year before. And he turned that very quickly into a really good offense before all the injuries sank in. So that's the big test this weekend, Ryan, is this is not one of the three most talented rosters you're going to face all season. It's not. There are, yep. there are better rosters. But when you combine the roster plus the coaching from the coordinator level, this is arguably, in my opinion, the best OC plus DC combo that Notre Dame is going to face all season. I think that's very – I would actually pr- like kind of think through it. I'm going to pound on the table a little bit and make that case, that this is the best coordinator plus coordinator combination that you're going to face all season as pure coordinators. Like I said, I'm not counting Mike Elko at Duke. Yep. I'm not counting Ryan Day at Ohio State as much. I'm just talking pure coordinator, coordinator sure. on both sides of the ball. They're outstanding. And so if you can handle yourself well as coordinators for Notre Dame, coming out of this game, you start to feel good. Because to me, Ryan, there's a difference between you just out-talented them and and you went toe-to-toe with them coaching-wise or out-coached them. That's something to me that's going to tell me a lot more about this team than even how did you physically handle a team that, with all due respect, Ryan, NC State's a talented team. Notre Dame has more talent than NC State. They do. And, and I, it's, I wouldn't say it's not close, but it's – it's not debatable to me. I mean, it's the, the, across the board. There's some areas where NC State can stack up, right? Front seven's pretty good. Their corners are pretty good. But there's plenty of areas where Notre Dame is just significantly better than NC State. But they're coached extremely well. So if you can play well physically as a team, but then also coach well, and I feel like I'm going to come out of that game feeling really good about where this program is. Whereas the opposite is true. If they just out talent NC state and get a win, but you're like, man, but they got out coached. This game was a lot more competitive than it should have been. Then you might say, okay, well, what's going to happen when you face a, 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 a play calling duo like Ryan day and Jim Knowles in a few weeks where they're going to have much better players. You know, that's kind of where you say you talk about learn what you're, you're going to learn a lot. That's what we're going to learn a lot this weekend about this football team from a coaching standpoint. It's it's a it's the separator ultimately, right? Like I am a very I'm a very big believer that college football is a whole lot more about the Jimmys and the Joes and the X's and O's compared to the Notre, to the NFL, right? The NFL is very scheme driven, and that's the differentiator a lot. I really think that talent outweighs a lot of other talents on a week-to-week basis in college football, but coaching can always be that differentiator, right? If you're a 
Notre Dame team that faces off against, let's say, a Clemson team is similar talent-wise on a matchup. Coaching can be a differentiator. They could be the separator between a win and a loss, ultimately. So that's where coaching, I think, really takes the next step. I think you make a really good point, too, Brian, about you know just the Al Golden's defense for Notre Dame 2023 version is that offensively, I feel like we have a pretty good understanding of what Notre Dame wants to be and where they're trending to. Like, I think I have a better understanding of their identity compared to Notre Dame's defense because Navy is just not a good, that's not a good data point as far as defensively what you want to be. You're basically scheming specifically for one football team on a season. Like you're, what you're doing against Navy is not as translatable to what you're going to do against Ohio state and Clemson and NC state and any of those more traditional offenses. So you're not, it's just not a great data point overall. And then Tennessee state ultimately, ultimately you were so much more talented than them. I don't even know. Like, I don't, I don't know what, to be honest, like, I don't know what Al Golden's mindset was coming into that football game. As far as how much do I want to show? What do I want to show? Do I, you know, not, because you always want to try to get into your identity a bit early on in the season. But again, it's like, it is a kind of a fine line between showing too much and showing too little against a team like Tennessee state that, you know, you can beat convincingly, even if you don't play well, like that is the situation that you were in at Tennessee state. So I think that I have a pretty good idea of what the Ohio state, Ohio state, what the Notre Dame offense wants to be in 2023. I don't have as good an idea of what the defense wants to be because you have one game that didn't matter and another game against a super inferior opponent offensively. So this is a game that will determine a lot for me. What does this team want to be defensively? And you have a great test. I mean, we we were, were a player-driven thing, right? I would love to talk about players and this player is a great football player and this player is an X factor and all those great things. But I think what the outcome of this football game is and how decisive it is one way or the other is going to be very much determined of Al Golden versus Robert and I and Jared Parker versus Tony Gibson. Like, what do those matchups look like? We always talk about the player matchups and for good reason. Those things matter so much in the game of college football. But the coordinator matchups this week are incredibly influential to this football game because on one side, NC State, you have two very proven commodities from the college football perspective. On Notre Dame's side, you have an offensive coordinator who's off to a nice start at his tenure at Notre Dame as an offensive coordinator, but still a lot to prove there. Al Golden hadn't been a defensive coordinator since 2004 before last year. So his track record on the college level of being a, a, court, a defensive coordinator is one that isn't incredibly proven, at least recently, right? Like if you want to go back to the Virginia days of Ahmad Brooks and Kai Parham and those guys, I guess that's a data point, but that was almost 20 years ago at this point. Right. So you have two coordinators that I think have a lot to prove for Notre Dame and two for NC state that don't have a lot to prove. It's just kind of continuing the machine that they have built as far as what their schematics are and the philosophy that they have as coordinators. Ryan, here's why we're focusing on this, in my opinion. It may be different for you, but here's why it's important to me why I'm talking about this. Because what we have claimed over the years, you have to a degree, but I definitely have. So I'll own this one, right? I'll say this is more me than, than us. I'll own this one. So if I'm wrong, they can come at me. The claim that I've made for years, and, and people say, you know, why are you so against Brian Kelly? Do you, do you just dislike him? And I'm like, I do dislike him. There are, there are coaches who I dislike that I will praise if they do a good job. It's not That's not the point. 
you don't praise someone because you like them. You don't you don't hammer someone because you dislike them. I've never liked Brian Kelly personally, but I used to defend him all the time because he was building the program and those type of things. But what I have come to the conclusion, what I came to the conclusion that I came to, and it started in 2015, and it just continued to be amplified over the years after that, is Notre Dame wasted a lot of talent over the years, is my claim. And I could be wrong on that, but that's my claim. They didn't develop players the way that I thought they should. People say, well, you know, they had an X number of draft picks. I'm like, yeah, but a lot of those guys don't produce in the NFL the way they should because sure. I don't think they're getting developed because the NFL is not a developmental league. If you need time to develop in the NFL, they're just going to move on to somebody else who doesn't need to be developed unless you're just a freaky talent. Like Baltimore might be a little bit more patient with Kyle Hamilton if he needed development than the Lions would have been with Jalen Elliott or the Chargers with Alohi Gilman just because, like, there's just a freakiness to his ability. Oh, yeah, you know, if he's not ready right away, we'll be patient with him. Of course, he was ready right away. I'm making the point. I've felt that Notre Dame is underachieved, and I kept hearing, but, but they're great at development. I'm like, are they? Are they really, you know, cause like, and, and so if I'm correct, that the talent has always been better than it is. And now that doesn't mean it's not getting better, but it's always been better than what the result showed. Then the coaching is what mattered. The coaching is what held you back. And that's why these things are going to find out because we're going to find out if Marcus Freeman and his staff are that group that can get the most out of this team, or are they the ones holding you back? Or could it just be that maybe they're not as talented as I thought they were? Those are all types of different conversations to have. But I just look at this team and I say, if you are who you need to be, this is the kind of game where you shine as a coach. Because you do have better players. Not enormously better players, but you do have better players. Can you get your team ready to go play at a level of focus, intensity, and execution that you need for the talent to win out? And, and that's really what I want to see because I'm kind of tired of watching a, a team with a lot of talent look like a team that doesn't have a lot of talent or as much talent. And that's why I put so much emphasis on coaching. Because as you said, Ryan, like, yeah, players matter. I've, I've never said, like, when I walked into situations and we broke records as a coach and I coached all Americans, I didn't take kids who couldn't play and turn them into guys that can play. I got to take some little kid that ran a 5-240 and turn them into all American running back. Matt Bernardo could play when I got him there. Michael, you know, Michael, um, I mean, Yarden Brantley and, and you know, all the kids that I coached at Duquesne, when I was showing up, they could play, right? Yeah. I just needed to harness that talent and send it in the right direction. And that's what I've always felt Notre Dame has failed to do, to be honest with you, is you got you to have the talent. Well, Notre Dame has the talent, especially in this matchup. Or do they have the coaching? And this is the first true test of that. I, I love what we've seen from the coaches in the first two games. I mean, they didn't just – yeah, they out-talented their first two opponents, Ryan. But if you're not coached well in those first two games and you're not prepared – you're going to give up a long score. You're going to give up a big play. Look at the special teams. I don't think they've been coached all that well the first two games. And what's happening? They're giving up big plays. They're having big mistakes. Well, that's not happening on offense or defense. Why? Because so far, I think they've been coached well. But now we find out just how good they are. Because as I said, I will contend that this is the best coordinator duo that Notre Dame will face in the regular season this year. And if they can perform well then then I start getting a little excited, really, truly. excited. like, I've people ask me, you know, how excited are you about this team right now? And I'm like, I'm still cautiously optimistic. That hasn't changed. I've enjoyed the heck out of the first two games, but yeah. you finally did what you're supposed to do against those teams. Now the tests start to ramp up and that's what I'm looking forward to, Ryan. Yeah. So I, th I think we had the same, I think we had the same vision on it. Honestly, the same impulse on it. I mean, mm -hmm. I was, when I was watching the game this past weekend, 
when it ended 56 to three, I'm like, that's awesome. But like, it wasn't like gratifying to me because I'm like, that's exactly what they should have done to that team. Right. Like was your expectations that they weren't going to destroy that team? I mean, I, I really think that Notre Dame has done what they they've done against Navy and Tennessee state, what they should have done. Right. And this is always the Brian Kelly stuff for the most part, right. It's like, you should beat the teams that you should beat. Like there's no doubt about it. They did it impressively the first two weeks. There's no doubt about that. But now that you're getting into North Carolina States and Ohio State in a couple of weeks, there's no more like give me games, right? As far as like Notre Dame could beat this team off of talent every single you got, week. What, like, one no, left the rest of the year, Ryan, would you say? Maybe just Central one, Michigan? two at the yeah. most. Yeah. I mean, you know, Stanford looked okay against Hawaii. We still got to learn fine. about them. But, you know, I'd say two, maybe two games, three at the very most three when you, if you want to talk about like Wake Forest. But even then, I'm like, ah, receiving core. Oh, of course, gonna be good. Game. You, you know what I mean? Game. So, like, there yeah. are maybe two teams left that you can just go play mediocre football and just out talent. That's it. Sure. That's sure. it. The other seven or the other eight, you're gonna have to do something. Yes. To your point. Yeah. happening daily we're being conned by the institutions we used to trust the mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing american families time is short before something big happens and that's why so many folks are preparing they're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from my patriot supply Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.